1: Hello again, everyone, and welcome as we continue on our journey towards an understanding of a Christian God who is all-knowing, all-good, all-powerful, and all-saving. In today's podcast episode, we're going to be going a little more deeply into the fourth point of my five-point Christian Universalist Theology. And the fourth point is this, God is sovereign over all. The basic idea here is that creation and humanity as part of it is all headed somewhere towards a certain destination and that where we are going and our ability to finally get there is all finally God's business, not ours. We, so to speak, are along for the ride and wherever that ride is going, it's not up to us. That God is sovereign means that this whole thing, from beginning to end, was dreamed by God, instigated by God, is being overseen by God, and will ultimately be fulfilled accordingly. While it may not seem that God is in charge, given all the craziness and cruelty of this world, there is ample evidence in the Bible that God is in charge, and that everything is working out towards the larger plan God had in mind from the beginning. It's hard for us to understand how God could allow so many evil things to happen in a creation that is headed towards an ultimate good end for all. But the answer that Christian universalist spirituality gives is this. While God allows, as part of the plan, tremendous amounts of freedom even to do incredibly evil things, God does not allow anything to happen that cannot be finally turned towards the good. All the good and all the bad are part of a grand plan headed towards a final consummation of creation in which each person will come to a good end, and all will finally understand why everything was allowed to happen the way that it did. And, although God does allow tremendous evil and suffering to happen as part of the whole process, God in God's own self submits to evil and suffering in Christ on the cross. There are obviously very deep mysteries here, But the crucifixion of Christ says to me that if God deems suffering is necessary in order for humanity to learn the ultimate lessons of love, then God also deems it necessary that God is going to suffer just as much as God allows any of us to suffer along the way. And further, that God will allow no woundedness, no matter how grievous it may seem to us, that God cannot finally heal in the ages to come. So, with that introduction, let's now turn to some scriptures that point us in this direction, towards a God who is sovereign over all of creation. In the Old Testament, from Second Chronicles 20, verse 6, we can read, O Lord God of our ancestors, are you not in heaven? Do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? In your hand are power and might, so that no one is able to withstand you. And then in Psalm 115.3, we read, Our God is in the heavens. He does whatever He pleases. Similarly, Psalm 135 verse 6 reads, Whatever the Lord pleases, He does in heaven and on earth. And then there's the very familiar passage from Proverbs 19.21, which says, The human mind may devise many plans, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will be established. And then there's Job 42 verse 2, where it says, I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. And next comes two passages from the prophet Isaiah, which turn out to be very crucial. Isaiah fourteen twenty-four reads, The Lord Almighty has sworn, Surely as I have planned, so it will be, and as I have purposed, so it will happen. And then later on in Isaiah, in the 46th chapter, verse 10, we find a passage which has in it that God is the one who declares the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, My purpose shall stand, and I will fulfill my intention. Let's pause right there, because these two passages from Isaiah really are powerful when we put them together. Remember Isaiah 14.24 says, Surely, as I have planned, so it will be, and as I have purposed, so it will happen. And that's followed up with Isaiah 46.10. And I've thought about Isaiah 46.10 a lot, because that's where it says, God is the one who declares the end from the beginning, and from ancient times, things not yet done, saying, my purpose shall stand, and I will fulfill my intention.'" So what we have here is biblical evidence that God will fulfill the plans that God purposed from the beginning, and further, that there is nothing that can stop God from fulfilling God's intentions. In other words, God knew from the beginning what God wanted to do, and God being sovereign over all means that God is going to be able to do it. Since we are part of God's creation, which God has made and purposed, We are all headed to a destination God planned from the beginning. And wherever or whatever that destination is, is finally not up to us. Whatever is going on is finally up to God, and there is nothing that prevents God from being able to accomplish all that God purposed from the very beginning. And if we put a positive spin on this, that means that if God had good intentions for everyone from the beginning, and if God knew the end from the beginning, then everyone's good outcome is sealed from the beginning and there is nothing that anyone can do, including ourselves, that can finally thwart God's good intentions for each one of us. And now here are a couple of scriptures from the New Testament which keep us pointed in this direction. The first one is Matthew 19, 26, where Jesus says, For mortals it is impossible, but for God all things are possible. And if you look at the context of that verse, Jesus is talking about salvation there. What's going on is that a wealthy man has gone to Jesus asking questions about eternal life. And Jesus ends up telling the man, if you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And when the wealthy man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, truly I tell you, It is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And then we're told that when the disciples heard this, they were shocked and they asked Jesus, Who then can be saved? And this is where we get to this verse 26, where Jesus looks at them and says, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So, according to Jesus, what may seem impossible to us within the realm of salvation is possible to God because all things are possible for God. This also is an example of how we often misunderstand Jesus in his talk about salvation. We will get into this more later, but for now it's enough to just note that the good news Jesus delivered in his day had a lot to do with the present availability of God's kingdom on earth right now Right in the midst of all of the temptations and problems and injustices and cruelties of this world. In the midst of all of this, Jesus was giving people the good news that it is possible right now to enter the kingdom of God and to live in it on earth as it is in heaven. And so, when Jesus talked about salvation, he was often talking along these lines. However, people back then, just as they are today, are so attached to worldly things that they cannot. Enter God's kingdom right now. As a case in point, this wealthy man was so attached to his wealth at the time that he couldn't fully enter God's kingdom, and so he missed out. And Jesus took this as an opportunity to bring it to the attention of his disciples that attachment to wealth and possession makes it hard for people to receive God's kingdom. Of course, they were surprised about this because in their minds, wealth and possessions were a sign of God's blessing and favor, and so they were thinking. If a wealthy man who has obviously been blessed with wealth by God cannot enter salvation, then who can be saved? And that's when Jesus says to them, With man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. What this says to me is that salvation is something only God can achieve and not something we can drum up on our own. It seems to me that Jesus is saying it's not even possible for us to save ourselves. However, what is impossible for us is possible for God. And I like this because it says to me that even though it might seem impossible for God to save all of us, since the impossible is possible for God, God saving every last one of us is, in fact, not out of God's reach. And now just one more passage to consider. Ephesians 1.11 tells about how all things have been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. So, God has a plan which is predestined, and God works out everything, not just some things, but everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. So, I can see all kinds of evidence in the scriptures of God being sovereign, and this meaning God had a plan in mind. God knew from the beginning how the plan would work out. And then God put the plan into motion, and we are all part of that plan. And so, however the plan works out is finally up to God, because God was the one who put the plan in effect in the first place, and there's no one that can stop God from fulfilling God's intentions. And so, however this finally all works out is ultimately the revelation of what God had planned from the very beginning if the plan included from the beginning that certain people would be eternally derelict, eternally rejected, eternally without hope, and doomed to a hopeless eternity, which they could never escape because it was foreknown and therefore inescapable, then, once all of that finally becomes revealed in a creation where all are not saved, it will be apparent that creation was not all good from the beginning, and that by extension God the Creator was not all good from the beginning either. However, if it turns out in the end that all are saved and all do come to a good end, and that this was the plan from the beginning, and that there was never any chance that anything other than a wonderful outcome could happen in God's perfect creation, then God is vindicated even in the face of all of the evil and tragedies that have occurred. Because at that future time, we will all see together the goodness of God, and God will finally be all in all. And even those who became attached to evil in this lifetime, and perhaps had to go through ages of judgment and correction in order to be cured and healed, will finally even see it too, and they will be part of this grand conclusion of creation as well. The thing that's so important about all of this is that when you sit with it for a while and reflect on it, you begin to realize that everything hinges on what it was that God intended from the very beginning. And the thing about my being in ministry for all of these years is that it has given me a lot more time than the normal person would get in order to reflect on all of these things and to think deeply about all of them as well. For me, ministry ended up being a kind of spiritual pressure cooker, which forced me to deal with all of these things on a much deeper level than I normally would have if I had maybe taken another path in life. So, as I have had the time to think about all of this, if God is all good then God is the one in whom there is only light and no darkness at all. And that makes me think that God's original intentions and original plans must have been completely good with not even a little bit of darkness in them. Which means to me that God must have planned something good for everyone from the beginning. Because God has always been good and full of love, and being good and full of love, God would not have gone forward with creation if it meant that certain people, or even one person would, or even might, come to a bad end, because if that happened, then that single tragedy, or even the possibility of that single tragedy, would be enough to resonate through the rest of creation, and would tarnish the absolute goodness of creation, and therefore the absolute goodness of God as well. So, the sovereignty of God is a big part of all of this, because it means that God is finally in charge of all of our destinies, and however all of this ends doesn't just reflect on us it reflects on God as well. And although it might appear to us that we are the ones who are steering our own ship and determining our own destiny, it turns out that we are not the captains of our own fate. It turns out that God is ultimately the one who decides what our eternal destiny will be. And if God has decided from the beginning that our eternal destiny is a good one, and if God has constructed creation and each one of us as part of creation in order to be a part of that ultimate good destiny. And because of this, we can trust that God's good plans for each one of us will ultimately prevail in the end, no matter how remote a possibility that might seem to us right now. As I've come to think about these things, my faith has come to be more than just believing that there must be a God in order to explain our existence. My faith, because of my exposure to all of these hopeful passages in the Bible and the hopeful theology of early church fathers such as Gregory of Nyssa and modern church scholars such as David Bentley Hart, has expanded my view of these things and helped me to believe that there is a good God and that this creation in which we are living is an expression of that goodness. So let me try to wrap this up by making it personal for us. In God's hands are power and might so that when it comes to you, no one is able to withstand God. Not even you in your own delusions can finally withstand God. Because when it comes to you, God does whatever God pleases and it pleases God for you to finally be healed and made whole. In your mind, you might devise all kinds of plans that are not in line with God's plans for you. But it is the purpose of the Lord that will ultimately be established in your life. Because when it comes to you, God can do all things, and no purpose of God regarding you can be thwarted. God planned for you, and surely, as God has planned for you, it will be for you. As God has purposed for you, so it will happen. Because God has declared your end from the beginning, and from ancient times saying, My purpose for you shall stand and I will fulfill my intentions towards you, because God is the Lord of all flesh, and that includes you. And nothing is too hard for God. Other people may not be able to save you, but God is not just another person, and what is impossible for people is possible with God. God is more than able to save you, and this means that everything about you, including your ultimate destiny, has been predestined from the beginning, according to the plan of God, who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of God's will. I hope that you found all of that encouraging. It makes me feel better when I think about these things. It makes it a lot easier to live confidently and victoriously in the present when we believe in and are confident in God's ultimate victory for all of us in the end. And I hope that all of this gives you the confidence to prevail in the midst of any hardship that you are facing, knowing that your victory is already assured and predestined. It's not a matter of if you will finally prevail. It's just a matter of when. Now, if it is really the case that God has made good plans for all of us from the beginning, we should be able to see some indication of this in the Bible as well. And this leads me to my fifth point in my theology, which we will go into more next podcast. And my fifth point is just this. God will be all in all. So that's what we will do in the next podcast. We will look for biblical evidence that God will finally be all in all. And I hope that all of this is leaving you feeling encouraged. And I also hope that you will join me in believing in a grace that saves all.
0: Thank you for joining us in this episode of Grace Saves All. You can help spread the word by sharing this podcast with others and by giving it a rating on iTunes. If you want to find out more about David, or if you'd like to leave him a message, go to his website, davidartman.net. In the meantime, let's work together to help a hurting world know about the greatest news ever announced.